Hi, this is Tamson Granger. This is Dan Abuha. With Tamson, Dan read the paper on Tuesday, May 30th, mm-hmm. day after Memorial Day. Yes. 2023. Right. So it was a good weekend. Mm-hmm. I know that just south of us, there was a lot of rain this weekend. Right, there was. But we had excellent weather. Yes, glorious weather this weekend. And not so much for swimming, perhaps, but for being outside well, in general. Warm enough. Yeah, it's yeah. May. It's May, but uh, you know, we had it was a big holiday weekend for us in Lawrence Park because it was uh, Hazi's birthday, Hazi's second birthday. Right. Uh, so that was something. Hazbone, two years old. <laughs> you know, he's uh, you know he's a phenomenon. Well, he's at a very fun stage. Yeah, he's really. Learning new words every minute. Mm. Some Spanish, some English, some Spanglish. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's, he's right. He is. And, um, but the big sort of milestone this year is. Yeah. He actually likes cake. Really? That's an accomplishment? Well, you remember at his first birthday party. Yeah. He was not interested remotely now he likes in the cake. Yes. And now he has, uh, you know... He's he's a, he's a devotee. Yeah, he uh, he kind of slowly got into it, and then he was like motoring through. And there was cake and ice cream, and he kept pushing the ice cream out of the way, saying, "No, no, 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 this is interfering with my cake experience." Uh, so we enjoyed the cake. Yeah, he's so, in a, he's in a serious Spider-Man phase. Yes, that's right. Also, so that uh, he, he got a. Oh, he loved it. He's, he got a well. He has a lot of Spider-Man clothing, and he now has a Spider-Man doll. Yes, his, his abuelo gave him a Spider-Man doll. He wouldn't uh, wouldn't leave his sight. Right. He also. It's a hard plastic, you know, thing. Yeah. The, the size of your basic GI Joe doll or Barbie doll or right. something. He's very excited, and uh, and he snuggles right up with it. Yes. Yeah. No. He's. It's uh, a riot. He has a car now, a little car that he motors around in, a sort of motors around in. He's working his way up to uh, uh, an age-appropriate bicycle or something like a bicycle. Um, yeah, it was quite a party. His uh, cool? Nico's mom was there. Anna Christina was there. It was it wasn't a huge party, but he no, he was showered with gifts. It was almost it was an embarrassment. He was showered Richard's, with gifts because yes. his aunt Sadie yes. sent a box That's right. filled with, with wonderfully wrapped. Gifts yes. and uh, so that's why he was showered with gifts. Other than that, it was a it was a pretty low key affair. Yes, well, he's a cutie pie. So that was something. That was our, our uh, the centerpiece of our weekend. Um, but we did went to the movies. Went to the movies twice this week, Thompson. Twice, o- only twice. Only twice. Seems like we were constantly at the movies. Yeah, well, that's it. Was twice, twice. So um, one the first movie we saw on Cindy's recommendation. Our buddy Cindy. Cindy Wilson. Yes, in North Carolina, where it rained, uh, was Somewhere in Queens. All right? So Somewhere in Queens is the uh, Ray Romano movie. Right. His directorial debut. Right. Uh, and it is uh, the story of, um, I don't know, a guy in Queens who has sort of a blue-collar job, works in a family business. Uh, and he has a son who is a little bit of a basketball prodigy or star. And uh, although he's challenged, the son is challenged with certain you know, anxiety issues. And uh, But it's very much about family 
and uh, and very you know squarely set in what we would call you know Italian familial relations. Ita- Italian American culture right, right. in Queens. Italian American yes. Queens culture. Right. And so, uh, uh, what well, what do you think? I'll, I always start with what did you think, honey? What do you think of the movie? I thought it was nice. You 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 said, well, that was a sweet movie. It was a sweet movie. I agree with that. It was it was it was a sweet movie. It was a feel good movie, um, and in a way, perhaps that uh, you know everybody loves Raymond. Had a, had appeal as a sitcom. Uh, I was sort of building on that. Didn't really get out of that lane too very much. Um, but but oh, a couple things that you it didn't really bear scrutiny. How's that? Is that is that, is that one way to put it? I mean, let me put it this well, way. Well, here's the thing. And I say I, that we just can, we can't watch any legal shows with you. <laughs> it's not even okay. the legal stuff. It's, yeah. But we uh, and we certainly and now we know we can't watch basketball stuff with you. Either. Well, the basketball was off. I mean, the basketball was just silly. It was, you know, he, he was. He was taking, you know, the, the point was that he had developed his son by teaching him in the driveway. And, you know, they showed the driveway at one point. The driveway is about six feet by six feet with a nine foot basket. Large driveway yeah. for Queen's standards. Yeah. But you can't learn basketball that way. And his son is, of course, a three point shooter. He's, he's starring by hitting these 30 foot shots. He would have been in the neighbor's yard. It, yeah, well, he would have been across the street. Yes, really. for sure. And, and anyway, that, that, that's not even it. I mean, let me ask you this question. First of all, yeah. when did that movie take place in your mind? Uh, I don't know, not too long ago, or maybe long ago. I don't know. Did did they have? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, it it took place. Uh, it it didn't. That's one of the things that didn't really bear scrutiny, because I'm watching the movie, and let, let me put it this way: it starts with uh, Buenos Aires Signorina, the uh, song by um, Louis Prima. Yeah. Right. Uh, that I, I did look that up. That was released in 1956. Okay. And it ends with Chicago song Saturday in the Park, which was released well, Daniel, in 1972. No, Daniel, so it feels like that's when the movie must have taken place because everything in the movie was, I don't know, anachronistic to some degree. No, they. You know, well, no, but I, but I think it did take. I think they it was had about, cell phones. Yeah, I understand. I, 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 well, I'm, no, I'm, no, no, you can't go by that. Look, it was a. One of the things they were trying to capture in Italian American culture in Queens was the um, uh, the the parties. Yeah, I understand the you know the events, um, weddings, engagement, etc. At the local venue, okay, Versailles. In this case, it was called Versailles. Right, and everybody when they have a big event. They go there. And it's the same thing every time. Right. And you know exactly what you're dealing with. And so that was amusing the way they captured that. Right. You know, and the sort of, the, the first time around, it seems all very yeah. exotic. Yeah. And by the next time, you're going, oh, my God, another one? Yeah. Um, so, but... Uh, well, it was a running gag. Yeah, it was a running gag. Yeah. But, I mean, all I'm really saying, it was... It was uh, it wasn't so a realistic movie. When you go to something like that, when yeah. you go to a wedding... I'm a big Louis you know, Prima fan. Don't get me right, wrong. Right. They're not playing music that's, you know, reflects... Oh, I see. The, that's your point. That's your point. That wedding this, music, this what they play. event music, the, the music they play, things like that, are, is not... All right. I, I take your point. Contemporary Except music. That explains uh, Buenos Aires. doesn't explain... Saturday in the park, but 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 I get your point. But 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 let's get beyond the music. Here's my real thing. Here yeah. here's my real question about the movie. Okay, and I 
my suspect this is right. By the way, let me say this. It had a Rotten Tomatoes score uh, for the audience of 92%, which is mm. very high, mm. and of critics of 90%. Mm-hmm. Okay? So this is a popular movie. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. My big question watching the movie is, this guy, Ray Romano, was presented as a simple guy, the character he's playing, the father of this basketball prodigy. And my question was, how simple was he? In other words, I'm watching this, I'm saying, you immediately flash to the Ray Romano character. Everybody loves Raymond, and he embodies this character. But I don't think that's what this guy was. That guy was a newspaper columnist. This character, I thought, was... was, a construction worker. No, no. I thought he was limited. I thought he was limited intellectually, and I think they hedged their bets on that. Because every once in a while, someone in the movie would say, or look at him and say, yeah, well, Ray doesn't, he doesn't have much upstairs. They would say it. And you recall the the mother explaining to the son why uh, he did an awkward thing. And, and and the whole you know he says he she literally like, says to him uh, I think you're he's, taking that he's an too, idiot. I think you're taking that too okay. seriously and and I, I think that in in every family there's the smart one there's the dumb one there's the there's dumb the and good there's, looking one I thought he was yeah little, no I think I'll tell you why I tell you why I really think that okay two things number one is I did read some criticisms of it from valuations most yeah. people liked it but the central uh, action on which the movie pivots the climax whatever right is something that he does as an extraordinarily dumb extraordinarily dumb, almost to the cringy point, okay? And, definitely to the cringy point. Okay, definitely to the cringy point. And it kind of doesn't make that much sense that a normal guy would do that. And to me, the whole movie, or the key line in the whole movie was this. There's, he has an exchange with his father late in the movie, mm-hmm. okay? And his father is a tough guy, okay? Mm-hmm. Played by Tony Lobianco, who's very good in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's a very tough guy. And his father is working on something in the construction area. He's the head of the company. And um, this happened after the event where uh, Ray Romano embarrassed himself and embarrassed his son or whatever. And, and his father doesn't even look at him and says to him, when they're talking about Ray's son, just says offhandedly, he's lucky to have you out of the clear blue. And that line resonates. It's the, nice, it's the only nice thing he says to his son, Ray Romano, the entire movie. And I think it was the key to the movie. And I, the reason I say it was the key to the movie is not just because it reveals something about Romano, but more to the point about the father and their relationship, mm-hmm. but also because of this, because Ray Romano was dealing with a son with limitations. And Lo Bianco, I think, in dealing with Ray Romano, was also dealing with a son with limitations. Right. And and I think he, in his own mind, had a lot of regrets as the way he handled that. And he's looking at the way Ray's handling his son, and he's saying, maybe that's the way I should have gone. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I'm reading too much I feel much like you're it. overstating Okay. It. But, uh, no, well, I, I think the father-son, father-son thing is right. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't know how... Yeah, maybe, but the limited. limited thing. I yeah. want to... Yeah, I, I, I just wondered about that. Okay. I but, spent, uh, I don't want to get but hung it did, on that. you know... It was. I. I think it's especially fun, especially if you've never been to an Italian wedding. (laughs) Never been to an Italian wedding. But we have. um, It's especially fun to sort of uh, view that um, those family rituals and those behaviors. You know the way they talk to each other, the Sunday dinner, and and so on. Seems quite exotic. Not to say a Jewish wedding is much different, but uh, yeah. 
No, it's the it, way the the families, right. you know, all right, uh, so, take for granted the way they interact and you know scream at each other but depend on each other. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. All very yeah. It was all about family. Yeah. It was all about family. So then we talk about a switch. Then we saw Master Gardener. Now Master Gardener. Um, is kind of, uh, you might call it a gothic tale. I don't know how you describe it. But uh, the central figure, who's played by Joel Edgerton, is a fellow who turns out to have a very troubled past and who was taken in uh, by Sigourney Weaver, who has this large estate, to become the master gardener and basically to turn his life around, uh, which is an understatement almost. And he's, he's almost is assuming a completely different existence. Uh, and in doing so is quite repressed. It's almost like he's in a 12-step program the entire time. And then, uh, but they're existing in those lanes that are well-established until uh, Sigourney Weaver's niece comes to visit and she unlocks something in the master gardener and things start, people start <laughs> going out of their lanes. Um, so uh, this is interesting, this movie, for a lot of reasons. Um I, and I will should say it's 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 written by Paul, written and directed by Paul Schrader, and some people refer to it as the third of a trilogy. The last two being First Reform, the movie with Ethan Hawke, and the Card Counter, the movie with Oscar Isaac. Each movie being one in which the main character is very introspective, keeps a journal, and he slowly unwraps and reveals himself over the course of the movie. That's the mood of it. Um, uh, and this is interesting because you and I had very divergent views of this movie. Can we just first discuss what is a master gardener? Oh, by all means. You would it, know. It's a certification. Okay. Okay. And uh, it involved, it's like a university certification. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if, for instance, in New Jersey, you can get it through Rutgers. Right. And uh, I looked it up. There's like a 21-week you know, course or something, and uh, plus you have to do volunteer work mm-hmm. um, at a garden. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not just uh, you're not. It's not master gardener like uh, some kind of title. Mm-hmm. So much as a, it's a certification that okay. you know certain things mm-hmm. and that you will have worked. And uh, so I gather that the main character. Certified. Interned. Right. At this... Uh, and he's presented as if he is yeah. a, a gardening authority expert. Well, you know what? He doesn't seem like... I mean... He, well, you may not have accepted it. He doesn't it. seem like much of a, an expert, you, really. You may not have accepted it, but I think they wanted... They threw that out there as if that's what the case. But I know one of the things that threw you about this movie was that you didn't think the gardens were real. You thought... and, and the Yeah, gold. and I... You know, the more I think about it, I don't think that the director intended them to seem real. I oh, think, really? I think it's all fantastical. Oh, okay. I think okay. it's just... Uh, Gothic? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Meant to set a mood. Because the things that were planted together didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. When they were blooming didn't make sense. Um, you know, it just uh, was weird. And, of course, there's one scene where, you know, they're... Uh, they're driving through flowers in the middle yeah, of the that night. that I didn't understand. That, I think, was a euphemism for orgasm. Ooh, did you use that word? Okay, so can it, you, you say so that? Instead of the waves rolling in, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have two people in a pickup truck going through flowers. I, you know, so they're, they're mutually happy about the situation. Okay. All right, okay. All right. So I'm glad it's mutual. 
That's okay. Yeah, but really anyway. Didn't think of that. But anyway, what the mean, movie was about. The end flowers. of the movie, you said, wow, that was intense. And I said, wow, that was a colossal bore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just really wanted to uh, pull out my phone and disobey all the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> rules about we would have been stoned if there was the anyone else theater. in the theater if there huh? was anyone else in the theater at all we would have been stoned if you pulled out your phone but usually there isn't well look Paul Schrader uh, we've mentioned him before because uh, Paul Schrader actually lives in a senior living facility in Hudson Yards it turns out which is kind of weird just to even say that um, and uh, but of course he's famous he was for writing screenplays and directing. He wrote the screenplay for Taxi Driver. He wrote the screenplay for Raging Bull. Uh, this is a serious guy. So what, why are you telling me all this? I'm not telling you. Is it supposed to make me like the no, movie? No, no, no. I know it works on you. No, no, no. I know no, you no. say, oh, this is an important no, guy. No, no, no. This is a smart no, guy. No, no. This Everyone, movie must be interesting. I, let me finish it. Everyone's in your camp. It, it, it It's Rotten Tomato score is not good. Okay. Well, audiences are not going to enjoy it. If you know audience anything for, about gardening, you're going to think it's poop. And uh, the audience if you know score, anything about people, you're going to think it's audience poop. Audience score is 59, which is a negative in Rotten Tomatoes. But the, the critic score is only 69. Yeah. It's just... Uh, it's, it's you know, high. you talk about the journals. The journals don't reveal him at all. Well, I like you know? the movie. I can't... What can I tell you? Because you have no taste. That could be it. And I certainly wasn't put off by the gardens because they, they could... Show me anything, and I would say, yeah, that's a real guard. Speaking of gothic, yeah, what Sigourney Weaver? Well, Sigourney Weaver. Oh my god, the character was a little overdone. I thought that was scary. And well, it's supposed totally to be scary. Weird. She's supposed to be scary. I like the main character. I like Joel. It could Richardson. have been an interesting movie, mm. but it, it, instead, it's too it was, abstract. It was, it was so funny abstract. that the, we we had such a different reaction. But uh, so I would recommend it, and you would not. So I, you know, uh, it's up to you. It's I up wouldn't to you pay listening. money to see it. Well, it wasn't that expensive. We're members, so <laughs> don't worry about that. Okay. So speaking about, you know, as my father would say in situations like this, difference of opinion. That's what makes horse racing. Uh, you uh, went to a book club meeting and found yourself in a situation where there, perhaps there might have been a little different view. Of the quality of the book that was a subject. Am I right about that? Is yeah, that fair? I mean, that's not unusual. No, it's not. No, but uh, so, yeah, I have not been to a book club meeting in years. Right. I belonged to several book clubs. Actually, when the kids were growing up. Yeah. It was a necessity. And I think it was started, the first one I joined was started because, you know, uh, mothers were dying to see other mothers, uh-huh. you know, Um it was a social occasion, right. a chance to uh, get out of the house yeah. uh, for you know an hour and a half right. on a school night, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. But I hadn't done this kind of thing for many years. But I noticed a book. I was uh, looking at the website for the Frenchtown Bookstore, mm-hmm. Frenchtown, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Really wonderful wonderful little bookstore and it had been recommended to us at a bar one night mm-hmm. um do you remember we were t- sitting vaguely, there talking vaguely, vaguely. to a guy yeah um and he was telling us uh what he was reading and uh it was some very ambitious stuff and he said well you know uh, it was recommended to me by the people of frenchtown you mean the young guy yeah youngish yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I remember. It, the guy uh, goes by himself 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I remember that. Um, and he said it's recommended at the Frenchtown Bookstore, and I really trust them. Yeah, but that was a very serious book. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was about Nietzsche or something. It was. It was. No, I don't remember what it was. Uh, yeah, actually. it was. It was pretty highbrow. Yeah. Um. It, it, but anyway, it turns out it's a wonderful bookstore, and it turns out they have a series of book clubs. And uh, so one of them was reading a book called All the Beauty in the World, Mm -hmm. The Metropolitan Museum and Me Mm -hmm. by Patrick Brinkley. And uh, he, for 10 years, was a guard at the Met. Mm -hmm. And these are his sort of uh, memoirs about being a guard and, uh, you know, being at the Met Mm -hmm. and, you know, et cetera. So I thought, well, that's up my alley because I've interned at the Met and, I, you know, I've given a lot of tours. I've seen a lot of guards. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> seen a lot of guards. At the Met. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I thought I would maybe read the book and go. And I did. Uh-huh. So first of all, the uh, first interesting thing is, um, there's about 12 people, mm-hmm. I would say, and uh, at least 50% were guys. So mm-hmm. that was totally different for me because I've always been going to, you know, um, these mother book clubs. Yeah, well, men read books. So that, well, that was interesting, yeah. you know, because you and I rarely read the same books. Yeah, right. I would not um, go to that book club meeting, right? Right. And uh, so that was interesting. The other thing is they served whiskey and rhubarb coffee cake. Right. Which was... <laughs> Interesting. Do they not go together? Uh, no, I think they go together fine. I didn't have any whiskey because I. It's a um, thirty-minute drive, drive yeah. to uh, Frenchtown. I was on my own, but uh, the um, the leader of the group, Scott Sheldon, uh, is a, one of the owners of the bookstore, mm-hmm. and uh, also a. Uh, I think he's like uh, either still a litigator or a retired litigator mm-hmm. from New York. Really? Yeah, so yeah, he's you didn't tell me you're from in your York. people. You know? <laughs> and, uh, I'll look them up. Um, and um, so anyway, it was uh, it was interesting. It was kind of fun, and uh, you know, and it was the usual stuff. So, well, another reason I wasn't having any whiskey is because uh, I, you know, I didn't want to go crazy. Uh, talking didn't want to make a bad impression right you know yes. uh, so you didn't want to you know slip yes up you didn't have your husband there to cover for you right yes. to kick me <laughs> under the table right or something um but uh, some people really love the book i i did not love the book i thought it was uh, you didn't like the book you were negative on the book yeah well you know what was good about the book the good the stories that he had about working at the met yeah. with the other guards right. and the guards come from all over the world right. and uh, they're quite interesting and you know um not necessarily interested in art but that right. doesn't even mean they can't talk about it right uh, etc so they were he had good stories about you know behind the, the scenes interactions at yeah. the met but um, but his, you know, his musings on art were not that interesting to me. Okay. I mean, and uh, that's just because I've read a lot of musings on art, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. as, as an instructor. Um, so uh, now, so that's awkward because some people thought it was the best art writing they'd ever read in well, their lives. it might have been, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that... Uh, 
and there I was not the only one in with my opinion. Yeah. Um, but uh, it um, you know it was awkward, and I felt I had to be a little bit honest just to make it interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, and and I was the the only thing that I did hold back on there was one younger person in yeah. the group. Yeah. And. Um, they said, I mean, younger, like high school age, and yeah. they said they could not begin to read the book. It was way over their head. Yeah. And that was surprising because it was written pretty simplistically. Yeah. Um, so that was... Uh, Were this person really in high school or are you talking about 18 or 20? I, I didn't ask the age. Okay. But, you know, around that age. Right. So, um, so I, you know... So that was sobering, mm-hmm. um, and uh, maybe just because it was more because it was too abstract. You know, I'm reading the book, and he's talking about paintings yeah. that I know very well, because he's he's really talking about you know very famous stuff. Right, right, right. Uh, so, so that was worrisome. But you know, and I, I, you know, I did tell a few funny stories. Oh, you did! I didn't yeah. hear that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Just to keep it light. You know, right, just that's to, fine. You know, just to You don't have to tell of... me those offline. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I, you know, a lot of people, what they had to say is, you know, most, they say, m- mostly people make um, learning about art very boring. Oh, oh, oh. They, they <laughs> so yeah. they were relieved. This is red meat this, to you. This, yeah. <laughs> this, this guy wasn't worried about any, you know, facts all those boring historical facts. Yes. Uh, he was just reacting to the painting. Did you tell people you were an art history professor? Yeah. Oh, okay. I can see where this went. No, right. I said, no, I, no, I said, I will agree. There's a lot of boring art history writing. Right. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But um, a painting, knowledge about a painting, the right knowledge, I guess, I don't know, in my mind, enhances your enjoyment it doesn't uh block your enjoyment yeah. um so right. you know it's just it's well, i'm sorry it, i missed it yeah i mean i can give you an example okay if we have time yeah. uh, so there's a very famous painting in the national gallery yeah. okay called feast of the gods okay by bellini mm-hmm. all right it's supposed to be one of the great uh, paintings of the Italian Renaissance, mm-hmm. right? I look at it and I go, oh, all right, okay, great. Not too interesting, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bunch of gods sitting around, right. having a party in the woods, right. all right? And they, frankly, they don't look that attractive. They uh, kind of look like puppets, you know? Okay. Uh, you know, Jupiter is not looking that masterful. Mm-hmm. You know, Apollo is not looking that sexy. So, I mean, you know, um, it leaves me cold, all right? So, uh, you know, colors are nice, very nice colors. If I was just walking through a museum and there was no explanation of that painting, I would just keep walking, mm-hmm. okay? But if you stop and look at the painting and uh, somebody tells you, well, you know, these are the gods. What's the Why was this painted? You know, it was painted for this guy, the Duke of Ferrara, and he had a private gallery, mm-hmm. and he commissioned these paintings. And what was the theme? Orgies. Mm-hmm. Okay, and who's at this picnic? These gods and goddesses and uh, nymphs serving them. None of them there with their partners. Mm-hmm. They're all there with other people. And that. And how do we know who they are? Well, if you look close, there's no name tags or anything. But if we look at this one guy he's sitting next to an eagle, got to be Zeus. Okay, mm-hmm. because the eagle is his Zeus attribute. Zeus being Jupiter. 
Yeah, Zeus being Jupiter's right. story. I do I do slip back and forth. It's okay, I'm okay. here for that. Jupiter. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and uh, there's uh, I tried it next to our buddy, Jupiter's brother, Triton. Neptune. Neptune, Triton. Okay, yeah. Yeah. all right. So we know that's Neptune, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the, there's all these little clues. And over in the corner, there's a, uh, a nymph named Lotus. I don't know how we know her name, but somehow we do. And uh, she's actually the daughter of... Uh, Neptune, and uh, she's snoozing away, and there's a guy next to her gazing at her. Mm-hmm. He is Priapus, mm-hmm. the god of erections. Oh, God. All right. I'm, I told you the theme is orgies. All right. Okay. Let's all move right. on. You I made your point. No, but, but anyway. Are we heading down this road? Yes. All right. So now the, now it begets, begins to be a little fun, and it turns out there's a story that goes with this. You know, Priapus comes upon this group having the picnic. Right. He sees this uh, nymph. He's very interested in her, as we can tell from the painting. Yeah. It's it's alluded you to can tell from his physically name. in his the name painting. gives it away. But not if you don't know. You should know what Priapus means because you remember the old um, commercials for ED and they would say, if you take this and your erection lasts more than four days or something yeah, like yeah. that, that's a Priapic I think it's condition. I think it's four hours. Now. Four, what is it? Don't Whatever. go crazy. Four, okay. Four, it, yeah. There's no a such girl thing can dream. Like, a girl can dream. <laughs> so anyway, now it's gotten a little bit interesting. Yeah. Okay. So now it looks like a different painting to me. Now I look at it. I see it a little bit differently. I see more in it. It, you know, I'm engaged. All right. All right. And then you can go even further and you find out about you know the actual painting itself and how it was painted because okay. they did all this research. Turns out three different people worked on it. Not just Bellini, the master, but uh, the painting gets a little bit out of style. And the Duke asks uh, his in-house painter, his in-house artist, to, uh, you know, fix it up a little, update it, yeah. okay? Which he does, and, we, and you know, we can, I can tell you how. Uh, but, and then a few years later, the guy who's delivering the latest commission yeah. from Venice, yeah. named Titian... All right. Says, you know, I could fix this up for you, <laughs> and he so you got gets Tishin. involved. Yeah, all right. So, so all of this is just fun and interesting. Right. Okay. It uh, and if anything, it makes the painting more engaging, appealing. Right. Um, but and, you know, I think uh, people just sometimes are in a situation where, um, you know, they're getting the wrong, the less interesting information. Yeah, okay, but uh, I get it. Well, did you did you explain all that at the at the um, book club meeting? No, I didn't do that um, because I was uh, because I'm not married to those people. I can force you to listen to that story, <laughs> but uh, you know this is my first time with these people. I'm not. You're you know, building up. To I don't it. want to have right. too heavy a hand with the former Good. school teacher yeah. uh, avatar. All right, so. Um, just quickly, the Wall Street Journal had a thing on books. Uh, they had one uh, article on summer reading, and one caught my eye. It's called Summer Stage. It's the kind of thing you might read this summer. Why do I mention this to you? Because Summer Stage is sort of a, uh, a story that takes place in Block Island. Summer Stage is best enjoyed for its, I'm reading now, it's best enjoyed for its setting the very loveliness of Block Island becomes almost another character in the book. Uh, in fact, uh, the main character at one point 
notes that she has bought a couple of beach reads from the front table at Island Bound Bookstore. Yes. Block Island. So there we go. That, that We have to read it. You have to read that What's book. What's it There's about? Some, some, well, I can go into it later, but what difference does it make? It's about, it takes place in Block Island. You know, uh, we have to read it. We have to read it? You have to read it. <laughs> I'm sure Island Bound Bookstore will have it right in the front window, right? All right, so quickly we had a QR code. Uh, development. QR codes, which have been the ubiquitous basis of menus for during the entire pandemic. You couldn't get a paper menu. You had to get your phone out and use a QR code to find the menu. And now, what's happening with that? Uh, we're done with them. We're done with them. The article in the Times is QR code menu has shown the door. There we go. So, I mean, there are some fast food places that are still using the QR sure. code yeah. and, and do your own ordering. Right. But most uh, people don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, most uh, most people are really asking to see a paper menu. I'm in that camp. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, why do you prefer a paper menu? Because it's too clumsy for me with a phone. I kind of screw it up. Yeah, but, you know, even if you're better with the phone, <laughs> yeah. the scrolling thing bothers me. When you have a menu, yeah. you usually sit there, you open it up, yeah. and you scan... Up and down like and a back and forth, right. yeah, and yeah. you That's compare right. this to that. Right. You're saying, "Well, do I really want?" But this? you don't have it all in front and of you. When yeah, it's yeah. when you, when you're scrolling it, and you just have a couple of things at a time. Yeah, you, you can't really you can't juxtapose it. Yeah, uh, no. I, so I um, some people, uh, some people also feel that uh, having the phones out is a real kind of buzzkill. Yeah, it is for conversation right. and romance, etc. and so forth. The um, uh, restaurateurs are finding people spend less when they use the QR code. Well, that's a big thing. Uh, partly because no one wants to get out their phone to order uh, dessert. Dessert. Yeah, right. Um, so They're done. Uh, you They're know, done. and some places st- still kind of do offer both. Yeah. But they say that's actually expensive for them. Yeah. You know, they're paying for the menus and they're paying for the QR service. Mm. So they'd rather just uh, switch. Yeah. Okay. To Good. QR. So I'm just as well. um, all right. Bye bye. QR menus. All right, QR. so here we go. So and there's a, there's a, another what? article about restaurant stuff that I guess we'll probably talk about next week. Saying, yeah. uh, you know, the one one of the key things that really went downhill um, during COVID was service. Yeah. To the extent that uh, menus uh, that restaurants were open at all. Um, Service got really bad. Well, when they it's reopened, still, it's still really service bad. got really bad. Yeah. And so here is the thing now. Prices are really up. Yeah. And service is still really bad. Right. And people are just not wanting it. And uh, restaurateurs are uh, becoming uh, concerned and instituting various uh, you know, ideas to try mm. to... Mm. Um, improve service. Well, look, I don't know if you saw that in an article. So clearly, that's an ex- our experience. But the- that's absolutely our experience, and I did see it in an article, which yeah. you know, surpri- well, it doesn't really surprise me. Right. We're kind of normal people. Yes. So whatever we're going through, probably the rest of the world is that's too. The way but, we, I live uh, my life. But, the way I'm yeah. seeing it is the way everyone is seeing it or should be seeing it. But, but but I guess part of the idea was we were all supposed to be very patient during yeah. COVID because it was hard times. Yes. And now yeah. we're saying. What am I paying for? You know, I'm not just paying for the food. I'm paying for service, service yeah. and I'm not getting it. All right. So anyway, let's just finish with baseball. Okay. Uh, what the heck? What the heck? Well, we want to save the best for last. So there are two articles here. Um, one is a Times article. It's about time new rules are a runaway success. 
been instituted these new rules which were to speed up the game and they have sped up the game and they require a pitcher to throw within 10 seconds. A batter has to get back in the batter's box in the meantime within a few seconds and other things like that move the game along. They eliminated the shift um, and the game, the length of the game has gone down. The average length of the game now is two hours and 40 minutes. Last year, it was over three hours. And that's mm-hmm. three hours and 10 mm-hmm. or 15 minutes. So that's really happened. The seconds between pitches has gone down quite a bit. So you have less dead time. Um, there are more stolen bases than there used to be because the bases are a little bit bigger. Uh, so there's supposed to be more action. And they're talking about how much people like it. Okay, so the, but, the audience is pro? Well, the Times is pro. And uh, they don't have a real survey here. So but, do we know if the well, here's players what, like here's it? The, the players are, look, they're quoting whoever they're quoting. So okay. it's, it's not a good mix. Some of the players worry about it. It's too rushed. Somebody says it's like power lifting every 15 seconds. And I'm saying to myself, if you're lifting, taking 15 seconds between lifts is not a big deal. But whatever. <laughs> but I was curious about your view because it's about the casual viewer. A guy like me is going to watch baseball anyway. But you've watched baseball as a casual. Do you, have you noticed a difference? Does no, it because seem I'm not sitting there watching the whole game. Well, even I dart in and minutes, out. Even it, 15 minutes? It, it all seems boring to me, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's two pitches or 20 pitches, right. you know. Right. Um, so, so they're not really. I'm sure. Anyway. Yeah, it's, I, for me, I feel like we're still early in the season. It's only Memorial we Day. We are right? early in the season. Okay, so I haven't watched all that much. All right. Uh, baseball. Right. You you like to uh, listen sure. to the game on your own. Yeah. Uh, frankly, so it's not like it's constantly on the TV yeah. here. So I'm I'm not really a good judge. Okay. There are other people who are less intense than you, but probably watch a lot of games. You should ask them. I will. I'll ask them. Okay. I, look, it has sped up the game. They do quote uh, Morgan Sword quite a bit in the article, by the way, a guy we knew when he was two years old, who's now a uh, high executive in MLB. Um, all right. So let me, and the final article is this. Uh, this I'm sure you're going to have a view on. Here's the headline. Mets Pete Alonso hit first pitch homer because he had to poop. This is like a Hazi article. Quote, straight to the bathroom. Apparently in a game a couple weeks ago against Cincinnati, uh, Alonso, as he said this in an interview, mistimed uh, the, the cup of coffee he normally has before a game. And as a result, as it got to the top of the second inning... When he was bound to lead off, he badly had to go to the bathroom. I'm telling you, I'm reading this article. This is what it says. So he comes in there and he says, you know, I'm just swinging at the first pitch. I got to get out of (laughs) here. He swings at the first pitch and he hits a home run. Mm -hmm. All right. And he he runs around the bases. Uh, So and, and he goes straight into the locker room and, you know, to use the bathroom. And, he, and they say, well, this was great. It worked out for you. You swung at the well, first pitch. You got the home run. You got the coffee the same time every yeah. game. It's yeah. Early. He said, well, yeah, that worked out, but didn't have to work out. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, frankly, if I had hit a single, I couldn't have stood out there. He <laughs> <laughs> said, well, what would you have done? He said, I would have gotten picked off. I would have, just, I would have tried to steal and get so thrown out. So now we know. I had so, to get out. So now we know probably sometimes when people get picked off right away. You say, they have to go to the bathroom. They had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I, I don't know what's a stranger that uh, that this happened or that he's telling the story. Was his story. mother in the stand saying, Pete, do you have to go to the bathroom? Oh, 
I'm sure she says that several times a game. Every and time he strikes out or does she's something. She's nudging her husband. Oh, oh no. I can tell he had oh, to go. No. Yeah, I'm dude. looking at his face. Yeah, look at him. He's unhappy. <laughs> All right. So it's like a Hazi story. It's like this. No, is... it's like uh, the whole time your kids are growing up, you're saying, you know, uh, are you sure you don't have to go to the bathroom? Yeah, well, you don't have to go to the bathroom. Well, now we'll have to think that about Pete. All right. So that's all we have. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll look forward to another nice week of weather here. Um, and right. So yeah, this is Tamsin Granger. And Dan Abuhop. For Tamsin and Dan, read the paper. See you next week.